Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a Monday edition of Flyers Daily, and finally, the Flyers will be back on the ice playing a game tonight against Bo Horvat, new of an eight-year deal, which will kick in next year, and the New York Islanders. The bye week and all-star break is over for Flyers, and it's a Monday edition, so Bill Meltzer joins us right now from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. Bill, uh, the week was fun in a way to kind of just step back and look at things through a different lens of game tonight, uh, recap and analysis, uh, but it's time to get back on the ice and get going again. Yeah, and uh, you know, on Sunday, the, the first practice, everybody was on the ice. Uh, today, it's going to be one of only two mandatory morning skates during the season. Everybody will be out there, which doesn't really mean too much because they, they often have everybody skating. But uh, it was it was just to almost almost like hitting a reset button and you know getting going because now now begins you know the, the really begins the stretch driver in the post all star period so uh, you know it's uh, time to move on from everything that's happened up to this point and see if they can build on what they did going into the break um, that's really that's where I, where I think the the objective I'm going to kind of hit you on the the what I did yesterday on the podcast I came up with, you know, we had the dirty dozen questions before the season of the biggest question yep. marks. And I came up with the top six, in my opinion, kind of off the top of my head of the final 31 questions still to be answered. But before we get to that, you know, Torch spoke yesterday as the team reconvened to practice. You mentioned everybody there, Kevin Hayes, who flew in from Florida that day at practice. That's 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 a good sign. Um, but Torch was asked by Gianna Han of the Inquirer about identity. And I want to play this clip for you because here's Tort's response to Gianna Han's question about identity and belief. How well do you feel like the team is starting to develop some sort of identity? Well, I think they're they're growing. Uh, I, I think they see um, uh, where we can be successful uh, as far as the consistency, how we play, the areas that that I think we've improved on, uh, have to continue to improve on. I uh, I, I think with players. Uh, you need results and uh, for them to have a belief and and belief is the most important thing in developing an identity and uh, I, I thought we as we went through the month uh, uh, I just thought we were more consistent in who we were as far as the hardness of it so uh, hope it continues I don't know you never know it could fall off the fall off the rails but that is our job as coaches, is just trying to keep us consistent and keep on building. For players, he says, you need results for them to have a belief. Belief is the most important thing in developing an identity. Have they begun to develop this identity? Is it starting to take hold? I, I, I think I think they have. Um, you know, and and but it, but it's a sustained process. Now the Flyers mm-hmm. were to go and you know drop another seven out of ten or so. It's it's fragile. You know, particularly with a particularly with a young team, um, whatever anybody did in December, January, I mean, they, they have to put that aside and, and kind of hit reset as, as we're saying in the front end of that. But def, definitely when you when you taste a little success as a team and as an individual, you know, you, you want more of that. And, and um, to believe in what you're doing, you have to see some results when when you're just stuck in a constant cycle of losing, I I don't think as a team, it, it's kind of a lost season for a team when it's nothing, 
but losing and, and, and not feeling, not sensing any progress. I mean, players, players play to compete. And yeah, like there are some games you go, okay, well, it was competitive, could have gone either way. As we've discussed in, in cycles um, back in November, there were parts of there they would play a really good first period or they'd be right in the game going to the third period. It gets old very quickly when you get no results and it's just, just one loss after another. Uh, and I mean, Torch has been around long enough with enough teams to know that. Um, I, I think that they they've taken steps towards it, but uh, there, there's a lot more building blocks to be to be put in place. Players they want to see finish strong, and just the just as a team identity, you know, um, be able to be able to put together a stretch where they they feel like even though you're not going to win every night, even you're going into games, you feel like you're going to compete against most teams, which I think has been the case recently. Yeah. And you win your share of them. Um, I mean, the Flyers, if you look at the season so far, they've beaten a lot of good teams outside of Boston and Toronto. They, they, they've been pretty much right there with everybody. They even knocked off Tampa once early in the season. Now, you know, Tampa's hit another level to their game and other teams that are top teams as you get closer and closer to, to the real stretch drive, they're going to elevate their games and, see how the flyers how the flyers match that it's an ongoing test but i think that i think that it, i think when you look at the last couple of months i think you have to say all in all objectivity that there's been significant progress i do yeah they're two and one against the devils this season too beat them opening night lost to them three two and then beat them two to or beat them yet yeah, uh two to one uh in new jersey on december 15th so i mean that's another good that's a good hockey team that uh, you can look at as a quality win you know the thing is bill is even if you have a season where you don't make the playoffs you have to come away with some sort of i believe monster building block you have to come away with something substantial it's it's why i'm not a big believer in tanking because i think that instead of coming away with the monster building block you're actually chipping away at the blocks that you do have. And I know the reward is Connor Bedard and he's fantastic, but you know, to come out of this season, we have to find out if this resilience and this solidified standard makes it 82 games. And it's going to get interesting down this final 31, because presumably there's going to be some players moved out, you know, yeah, yeah. like James Van Riemsdyk, who's a good leader in that room and a total pro. How does that affect guys that he's played with, like Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett? And you brought up players that need to finish strong because that was one of the points I made. I highlighted four players in particular, Bill, um, that was a big question mark for me to finish this season strong. And they've had different seasons for a variety of reasons. It's Tippett, Frost, York, and Farabee. Farabee coming off the surgery. York starts the year in the Phantoms. Uh, Frost has had some wow moments and some head scratchers like that, you know, behind the back turnover to Alex Ovechkin. And Tippett's been kind of back and forth as well. But when you look at it overall, these players through the final 31 are going to be big-time decisions. And what they do over this final 31 may determine exactly where, where they stand. No, no question. No question. You want to exit the season saying, okay, these are guys that we are building around going forward. Um, nobody's accomplished enough that if they either backslide or they stagnate over the rest of the year, you would call it a successful season for them. I, I think that uh, they've all they've all shown the ability and the upside to be those guys that will be building blocks, even though they're not the primary pieces. You need those you need those 
complementary pieces too. Yeah. And that, that's part of the thing why I'm against tanking also is because if all you have is that one superstar and nothing around them, you're going nowhere fast and it's going to take longer. It's going to take longer than it will trying to build through depth. Um, now maybe you don't, you know, maybe you don't finish it off, finish it off either way, but, but that's, uh, you'll be back in the playoffs a lot sooner with a deeper and, and better team. Just, uh, and you can even, you, know, you can even look at it at any level of play. Um, you know, as, as fantastic as Bedard is, no, nobody's debating that. How's his junior team doing? You know, are they, are, are they running away with the league? They're not right. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's a hockey. That's the thing with hockey is that it's not an individual sport. It's, it's the ultimate team sport. And um, I, I think the, goal for the Flyers is and needs to be continuing to, to put pieces in place. They're going to, they should have a pretty good draft pick regardless of where they end up. This is a pretty good draft at the top end. Um, and uh, there's some, some intriguing guys, even if you don't end up ultimately getting the dart, obviously that would be, that'd be the big prize, but there are other really good players. So, you know, we, you, you keep building, you put keep putting pieces in place. You keep, looking for veteran pieces you can get hockey deals you can make as the flyers come out from a little bit of the, the cap hell that they're in and it, it'll, it'll happen incrementally it gets so much easier to make moves when you're not dealing from position of weakness yeah. and losing constantly and and putting yourself in a you know in, in a spot where you basically have to take whatever's offered to you that's that ultimately just keeps you in the same place you're, you're not going to you know, I mean, honestly, like the the Flyers, they did they did really well actually out of that Tippett trade because they were they were they were dealing from a position of weakness with Giroux last year. Yeah, one and, and and Tippett is turning out to be a nice player, and there's a first round pick on top of that too. So yeah. that those are you know if you can make those kind of deals, that's great. But it's just it's it's just so much easier when you are in position to potentially sell, but also you tell a team, you know what? If we don't like what you offer, we we don't we don't have to take the deal. Yeah, we can walk. So, yeah, we 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 can walk. We're we're a good enough team where, you know, we we don't have to take scraps. We don't have to take offers that we're not pleased with. It, it's it's so much easier when you have a little bit of flexibility, and, and also when you're winning a little bit more because because winning teams look for players. Hey, this guy can come in and help. It's more and sometimes sometimes you get a, a player who's might be a good player. But he's just worn down from a losing situation. It, it it's hard it's hard for guys to get up for you know late seasons when when you're out of contention even into even into deadline time. Um, yeah. I think I think you you raised a great point because if the Flyers do and when I and I think we both expect that they will sell some pieces off and 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 they're in seller mode as they get close to the deadline, and then you pass the deadline and. You know, you kind of realize, well, the, the team really isn't going for it this year. Not that anybody expects them to go for it this year, but it's – I think players always always in, in their heart of hearts feel like, hey, why why can't we? Why, yeah. why, why can't we go We're in it until we're not in it. Right. We're in it until we're not in it, exactly. So I, I think that that will be a, another reset point. But until, until you get to that point, hey, uh, you know, the team, the team is still in a, in a phase where – Hey, you know what? If you, if you go on another really solid stretch of hockey here, another 10, 15 games out, I, I, I don't, I really don't see a scenario where they're going to be buyers. But 
I think they it puts them in a lot better position moving forward if they're if they're hanging around in the race. I, I really think that that uh, ultimately a benefits the group that you're trying to put together, but but b also sends a message that hey, you know this is this is a good team with some depth to it, and um, they're they're going to make trades. They're they're ultimately going to benefit them short term, but also long term too. And I, I think that that's that that really needs to be the mindset more so that a attack it and b so they they're not going to be buyers. Yeah, so. these these players, a lot of these players need to approach this final thirty one games. Whatever happens at the deadline, albeit they need to approach this as very meaningful hockey because it is meaningful for their career. And you know, one of the other points I made was, you know, can Carter Hart sustain? his level of play all season. Now he's had dips at times and any goalie that plays about 40 games to this point is going to have those. Uh, but he's been uh, real good far more than he's been a little shaky. He's had a very good season, all things considered. And if he can sustain it down the line, they'll play meaningful hockey to the end, whether they're in the playoff race or not. And that's ultimately the measure. Bill, one of the other things that I think is massively important is to see Sean Couturier this season. Some people say, ah, shut him down. What good is it to play in a season where you're not going to make the playoffs anyway? I think it's paramount in importance, and here's why. Number one, we haven't seen him since December of 2021. So we want to see what the player is. And I want to know if he can take some you know, physical play and be able to play this season. I have to go into this offseason with some knowledge that he's back. He's not going to have a setback immediately and that he's a player that I can plan on being there in the lineup next year. I need to know that before this season's end. And look, it's a health thing, so there's some kind of ambiguity here. But if he can play, I think it's paramount that he does play. No, I, I completely agree. I, I don't I don't want to have another offseason of uncertainty. Yep. Where, oh, well, we think he's going to return. We hope he's going to return. All the reports are good. And then suddenly you're September again. Well, he's you know that that whole cycle. Oh, he's day to day. Well, yeah, yeah he, he had a setback, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I feel the best I've ever felt. You know yeah. all that stuff. I don't. I can't go there anymore. Yeah, all, all, yeah, all that is meaningless until you see yep. the player on the ice and showing that he can hold up. And that's uh, that's a big question mark at this point. And I and I agree to the to the greatest extent possible. You can answer that question. That that's a big help going into the offseason. They're not going to be able to answer that. Uh, with Cam Atkinson this season. He's, he's yep. out to the summer. So if you can lessen at least one of the question marks heading into the offseason. And that also that also gives you a sense, too, of, hey, how much cap space might we have over the summer? Is, yeah. uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously an ideal scenario is Couturier plays the way the level he did before. That, that's an ideal scenario. But but what level can he play? What can you expect? And And can you expect him at all? It's hard to it's hard to proceed if you, you don't know the answer to that question. I think the big part of it too, Bill, is when I had Kevin Hayes on the podcast and he talked about it, and I asked him about how important it was for him to come back last season and play at the end of that season. He was having doubts whether he could play again ever. He yep. had multiple surgeries, a clean out on the back, and or I guess it wasn't the back; it was you know the, the, the core injury, and he came back and realized. I can still play. So he went into his off season with that, knowing that, and he's having a, a, a great statistical season. I know that he's been healthy, scratched and benched a couple of times and moved to the wing. I get all of that. He's just at the all-star game for goodness sake. 
but I think that's really important. And I, I think that's important. I don't think Coots would ever verbalize that at this time that, you know, he's got question marks inside his own head. Uh, but we'll see. We're getting close to that timeline where he could return and, and get back with the team and start practicing and see where his game goes and hopefully no setbacks. Cause obviously there's a big contract tied to him as well. And that's a big part of the future. Um, no matter how, what takes place, whether it's LTIR for in perpetuity seemingly or not. Um, last thing, Bill, 31 games remain. We talked uh, earlier this year, maybe it was even preseason. You know, will we get to a point in this season where we start to feel excited about the future? And the team is at Hockey 500, 21, 21 and 9. Uh, they're 10 points behind where they finished last year. So Bill, ultimately, it will be an incremental step forward, but how forward will it be? Will Fire fans at the end of this final 31 games feel much better about the future of this team? Well, I, I think the people that uh, are, are just bedard or bust, right? And yeah. who, who knows how the lottery plays out, right? But uh, I, I think the people that are just locked in on, on one player, they're not going to be happy no matter what unless you get that player. Yeah. But, uh, but I think... But I think people that, that look at a middle ground in there, um, I, I think it'll be seen, as you said, as an incremental step. How big of an incremental step? We'll see. I, finishing finishing above hockey 500 for the season, which would mean a winning record, you know, hockey wise over over the remainder of the season. That to me would be a, be a nice step forward, considering how considering at one point, especially after you had an 11 game losing streak or winless streak. That's, that's you know that that'd be a pretty good pretty good turnaround of the season and a, a promising step going forward. So I, I think I think when you look at the big picture, um, you mentioned the young players you want to see step forward. I, I think that um, I think if you can do that, hard hard finishes strong, win more than you lose, um, maybe see some step forward the power play. Yeah, they they've taken baby steps at times and they seem to go backwards again. Um, you know, not uh, not finishing in the bottom three or four of the league. That'd be a, that'd be progress with that. Um, so I I, th- I think areas like that you can look at, and those things don't necessarily carry over from year to year. But by the same token, when you start establishing uh, a, a new core and a new support group, that's the thing that carries over uh, from year to year. So I, I think that I think that finishing the year having some questions answered and things to look forward to is to maybe you can take another step beyond that and in another year and then to me that would be a success no question it is the flyers and islanders tonight at wells fargo center the opening of a four-game homestand and the i guess unofficial second half of the season as they'll get back on the ice tonight we'll break it down tomorrow read bill's stuff on philadelphiaflyers.com nhl.com and hockeybuzz.com and we shall talk to you all tomorrow on a brand new episode of flyers Daily.